Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Late Lunch this Thursday afternoon. Straight to business today. Well, is this the beginning of the turnaround? What am I talking about? The price of food in supermarkets. Yes, this morning, Tesco have announced that it's going to cut the prices on hundreds of products by an average of 10%. Will this kick off a supermarket price war? What are the implications as well for suppliers to the stores? How are they feeling about it? Well, I'm joined by somebody we just love on late lunch. Make sure you always catch her in the Irish Examiner. She's a columnist there and she's always batting for you and me and for families on for the cost of food and doing the best we can. Katrina Redmond, welcome back to the show. Afternoon, Jerry. Thanks for joining me again. You're great. Honestly, I keep a good eye on you and you are the woman to save people money. I have to say that for sure. Well, Katrina, you're in the know, as I said earlier on. What's the story? What do you make of this? So, as you mentioned, Tesco have announced a range of products, um, about 700 products that they're, that they're going to reduce by approximately 10% across the board. Now, there's some unusual stuff in it, probably stuff that's not going to hit most people's supermarket um, shopping baskets on mm. a regular basis. I mean, there are some very welcome decreases there. For example, Pampers um, is going to decrease by, by, I think, 49 cents. Then there's some other unusual ones like um, green Thai curry sauce. You know, so, so mm. they all, they're all kind of what I would describe as ambient products for the most part. Okay. Um, so what I describe as ambient products are products that you'd find on the cupboard shelf. They're not stuff that you'd find in the fridge mm. or the freezer. For the most part, it's what you'd find in the cupboard shelf and can stay in the cupboard shelf as not temperature sensitive. So what they've said is, is that as their suppliers' costs have come down, they've been negotiating with the suppliers and as a result, they can now pass these reductions on to the consumer. Overall, it's a great news story. I mean, it's great because we want to hear that the prices are going down. Everybody's been feeling the pinch. Mm. And then there's the big but. But. So, the thing is, we're all feeling the pinch when we go to the grocery store. And I know I've spoken to you about this before. It's because when we go to do our shopping, that's that's when we use what I call discretionary spending. So that's the money you have left over after you've paid all your bills, your housing, your lecky, your loans, whatever else you have. And what you've got left over then, that's your discretionary money. So when you go to the supermarket and you have to spend more of it, that's when you begin to feel the pinch because you'll have less, less left over maybe for maybe, uh, you know, meeting up with friends for a drink or going to the cinema or maybe you need to buy new shoes for the kids, whatever. So that's when you really begin to feel the pinch. 
But actually, even though compared to last year, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking at it here because as it happens, the CSO released their consumer price index today for May 2023. And overall, the price of food has increased um, 12.6% over the last 12 months. Um, it eclipses the cost increases that we've had to bear with regards to rent, mortgage rates, um, interest rates, energy. So, so, so we've actually had to bear less of an increase on groceries. And the bigger cost of living increases like, as I said, rent, mortgage, interest, they're the ones where we'll start to save money when they start coming down. Mm. But for now, it's the groceries we're looking at. We'll start to feel better about ourselves, but overall, the cost of living crisis hasn't gone away at all. No, and that's a good point to make because those others are the ones, as you say, you must pay to keep the roof over your head, to keep your house heated when the uh, uh, autumn, winter comes in, etc. Energy, all that type of stuff is still mightily expensive and that's where the turnaround is actually needed. But look, at this is um, it's a small mercy perhaps in the on the horizon with this, but I, I want to come back to it, something you said there because I picked it out. Ambient goods, and I'm looking at the list as well, things like balsamic vinegar, sweet potato oven, chips is a bit of an exemption there, cotton wool, pesto you mentioned I think there. What about, you know, the meats and chicken and, you know, the vegetables and all this other type of stuff in the other cabinets? Is there any of that mentioned in this? It doesn't look like it. No, and, and you and I have have spoken about this before, and I, and I know that the late lunch listeners are huge advocates for buying directly from the farmers and the local producers mm. where they can. And there's the thing, because the farmers and the local producers are also bearing the brunt of these cost of living increases, for example, fuel, transport, heating, and um, particularly if, you know, you've got chickens or if, or if you've got animals, feed, you know, all of these things have all increased and they haven't started to go down in Ireland for us. So if you take a look at the list that Tesco issued today, they don't, there doesn't seem to be very many Irish producers on it. And for good reason, because the suppliers and the producers in Ireland are suffering just as much as the rest of us. Mm. And there is a concern there from the farmers, from the food producers, that they're going to be, you know, they're going to be put under pressure to drive prices down when their margins are very tight enough as it is. I mean, everybody has to make a living. You know, I mean, nobody expects a farmer to put food, you know, on the shelf for you to buy and put on your table and then not to have enough money left over at the end of the day to put food on their own table. Yes. You know, everybody has to make a living. Mm. I see uh, Joe Manning, who's Tesco's uh, here in Ireland, commercial director, saying, as our costs are reducing from our suppliers, we are now able to pass on those savings to our customers. Now, I suppose those supplying Tesco is one example, and I have to say, I'm a big Tesco fan myself. I do the majority of my shopping there. But, you know, suppliers are are, are squeezed, aren't they, Katrina? That is fair to say. You're just saying that there, that they are squeezed. Yeah, they really are, you know, and, and particularly like the Irish suppliers, because in Ireland, we've really felt the cost of living increases. You know, we're an island nation. The cost of transport is, is more expensive for us and also the cost of energy for various reasons. So, so like suppliers, producers, farmers, they're all feeling it. So how can they pass on, you know, reductions to us if they're not getting reductions on their end. So I really believe that that's one of the reasons why we're not seeing more reductions across the board. Like, 
as you're aware, most of the supermarkets reduced the price of milk, bread and butter mm. over the last couple of weeks. But that was on their own brand products. So what they were doing was, we hope, that they that there wasn't a knock-on effect for the likes of our dairy farmers, that they were taking the hit themselves on their profit margin to help us during the cost of living crisis. But those, reduct- those reductions are cents in the euro. You know, if you added them all up and you go to the supermarket, you're maybe saving maybe just about a euro on your shopping basket on a weekly basis. And as I said, those savings are eclipsed by all of the other costs. Yes. So, so like we're hoping that, that the other supermarkets are going to follow suit. In my research over the last couple of years, I have found that Tesco is generally one of the first supermarkets to pass on price increases. And now they're one of the first supermarkets to pass on significant price decreases. So I would expect the other supermarkets to follow suit. Okay, so watch this space. Uh, This uh, tit for tat might just start and then if somebody goes below them again, well, that's all in the interest uh, of the consumer for sure. Um, In a general sense, you know, we're all, you know, tuned in to radio, television, online or whatever, and you will see many of the multiples where that battle goes on between them for custom, you know, promoting their own club card in Tesco, you know, the 10 off 50 in Dunn stores. You'll see the ads from the likes of Lidl and Aldi saying, well, we're cheaper when we compare shopping basket or shopping trolley against shopping trolley. What do you make? What do you make of the whole scenario? I think we just have to, we have to follow our wallet. We have to follow our purse. I mean, we can't be loyal to any supermarket. Like, like loyalty is going to cost us ultimately. And I know you say that you that you love Tesco, mm. um, and I understand you have that loyalty. But when when your 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 purse is pinched, you're going to have to follow, the, you know, the money. You're going to have to follow where you're going to save the most. Um, you know, I I think like all of the all of the loyalty schemes are fantastic. But again, recently I did research into all of the loyalty schemes, and what was interesting was was that. Aldi is the one supermarket who doesn't operate an loyalty scheme, doesn't have an app, and they insist that they keep their prices low to keep, you know, to to compete and to keep the customers happy. And when you factor in the cost of a supermarket shopping basket across all the supermarkets, and then allow for their discount codes and discount vouchers, Aldi competes with the rest of them. So it really does make you wonder if there is more of a margin there, you know, if. The, the club card and the vouchers, you know, say, for example, you know, the way we're always reminded when we go to Tesco, make sure you bring your club card yeah. and you've got those yellow prices. So the people who forget it and don't scan in and pay the higher price, are they subsidising everybody else? Mm, and uh, it's something that can easily happen. You might not have it with you, but that's a, a big campaign across the stores. I did mention here, I think, uh, last week or the week before, that uh, Centre Parks had now gone from the Tesco offers. You know where they had, at one stage, board gosh, they had Centre Parks. It's quite limited on that. And Now, they have a very good offer on their mobile phone service and that as well. But that aspect of, their, of, of the club card thing, I'm, I'm not so sure about anymore. Yeah, like, I mean, there there are lots of benefits to, you know, across all of the supermarkets. I mean, now um, even Marks and Spencer's are doing, they're doing a day's out voucher to yes. spend more than 50 euro in store. So, like, it's not just, you know, what we would call effectively the big five. You know, um, there are values in it, you know, it depends, I suppose, on, on what your preference would be. I suppose it's, in, in general, Dunn's store seems to be the most kind of, 
um, easy to understand because it's 10 euro off or 50. You know, it, it, yeah. it's straight up. That's what it is. Whereas some of the other brands, you know, you have to scan your card and then some discounts are associated with some with some supermarket items. Some of them are because you buy this, you buy that, or you're entered into a draw. At the end of the day, they want to encourage you to come back. And it's a psychological pull. We all love to feel like we're saving money and feeling like we're spending less than, you know, somebody else or, or what the supermarket expects you to spend. So when we get our till receipt at the end and it says, you know, or when we go to the till and it scans it all up and it says, say, for example, 140 euro and you go, oh, jeepers, I didn't spend that much. And then you press you know, pay and then all the discounts come off and you've maybe spent 114 euro and you feel great about yourself mm. when you leave, but you might not necessarily have gotten the best value compared to the other supermarkets in the area. Well, that's a real good point to make. Yes, it is the psychology of shopping for sure. And as you mentioned, MS, their Sparks is their uh, discount card. And as you say, they're really stepping into this area. And I was in it uh, last week and I have to say, more than surprised, they really are stepping up to the mark to take on the others. And and I will say actually, like I have, I I have the loyalty um, code for or the loyalty app for for Marks and Spencers, and I will say that one of the days I scanned it and I managed to get myself a bag of five cookies. And sure, look, it, it was the best thing ever on that day. Like, I mean, it, there is benefits to it. What I would recommend though is having what I call a dummy email address just for your loyalty cards, so you don't clog up all of your mm. emails with all the loyalty offers, etc., etc. God, your mind of information. You're great on every aspect. You're even looking after our inboxes and the junk mail. I love it for sure. Anyway, you're just getting back on your feet after a wonderful bloom. I believe you did more. Um, presentations to uh, people at Bloom uh, than uh, some of the top chefs in the country? 30 demonstrations over five days. I think I needed my head examined. It was an absolute pleasure. I did 15 barbecue demonstrations and then 15 air fryer and ice cream maker demonstrations. And I had the absolute crack because I work from home for the most part. Mm. So generally when I'm on radio, I'm talking to myself. Um, <laughs> or if I'm in the office, I'm just talking to the screen. I'd, 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 I'd have meetings, but I, but I rarely would leave the home office. So to go from just having myself from, for a company to over 100,000 people over the space of five days was um, borderline bonkers. But it was amazing <laughs> to see so many smiling faces, yes. so many people out enjoying Irish food, enjoying gardening. Um, seeing people talking about gardening, talking about the weather, talking about the droughts that we're all suffering with and sharing, you know, tips and tricks and growing. And it's just a brilliant opportunity for everybody to get together. Now we just need to have something in the Loudmead area that's similar. Good woman. I say here, here to that. Anyway, Katrina, you're great. Follow this woman, Irish Examiner, columnist. She's fantastic. She's a blogger as well. Check her out. Katrina Redmond, always so kind to us. Thank you again for joining me today. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Bye-bye. The wonderful Katrina Redmond there with plenty of food for thought. Oh, well done to the Hammers. West Ham won the Europa Conference League title, Louise, last night. You were hardly... No, you weren't. You don't the even Hammers? Know. West Ham. I've never heard them called the Hammers before. The Hammers. That's their nickname. The or, Hammers. Or the Iron. The Iron is their old nickname. So it is the Iron. Uh, yeah, because to do with Ironworks and that from where they come okay. from in the east end of London. So there's going to be a big open tour, open bus tour, uh, travelling through uh, the east end this evening, uh, Thursday, yes, this evening, with the Cup. 
and they'll go it's the first time in 43 years they won anything Who were they playing against? Uh, Fiorentina from Italy and they won it with a last minute goal in the 90th minute Oh, um, that was exciting Bowen scored I jumped out of the chair myself with the <laughs> Wednesday Club boys I was delighted for them I have an old soft spot for West Ham I have to say even though I followed the Gunners I was delighted they won and particularly for David Moyes their manager first trophy in his career he didn't get enough time when he went into Manchester United after Ferguson and there he was Louise with his dad his dad is Aww. 80 something and he was down on the pitch side and he gave him his medal to his father it was just so touching it's one of those wonderful sporting moments but I'm delighted for West Ham and Hammer supporters all over really chuffed today I'm sure that they've got their hands on that wonderful trophy and they're back in Europe next year as well my next guest on the show is a water sports coach and if you can cast your mind back to 2021 a lot of water under the bridge forgive the pun since then but wonderful TV documentary called Unspoken uh, all about men with eating disorders Owen Kernan featured in that wonderful production and he joins me on the show today hello Owen afternoon Jerry. how are you I'm really good thanks for taking time to talk to us you're based in Holt is that east wind chilling you this good weather I shouldn't be saying it but there's an old bite in it isn't there Oh, there was a change yesterday. Things started to get a little bit nippier yesterday, that's for sure. Mm, but anyway, sure, you'd be hardy to it anyway. Now, the likes of myself would feel it even more. Anyway, thank you for taking time to chat to us on the show today. Lovely feature on you uh, as a follow-up and building on the documentary in the Irish Times too, which uh, we spotted. Um, just take us back, you know... <laughs> How did this begin? Where did the eating disorder begin? I take it that it came upon you at a stage in in life unexpectedly. Very unexpectedly. Um, at, at age 36, when I uh, was at the point in my life where I suppose I was trying to live what everyone considers to be a standard model of life. I was trying to achieve a career. I was trying to aim to buy a house, uh, have a happy relationship with my partner, you know, consider kids and things like that. Um, and all of that, you know, was was what I believed I needed to to do to be good in the world. All all of that was what I believed was my value or success. Let's say. Um, little did I know the the pressure that the the, the pressure cooker that was building in the background um, of you know all that expectation and and I suppose maybe my belief in myself as being not worthy or not valuable or or a failure. I suppose if you want to use that phrase because I wasn't achieving those things. Um, I was looking around me, I was seeing all the people around me, you know, I suppose, moving on in life, and maybe I felt a bit stagnant or felt felt a little bit, felt a little bit behind. Um, so that married with a number of things as I was growing up, you know, around bullying and um, just the developmental things that I suppose it all came to a crescendo in the end of 2018 when I decided I wanted to be a better person. That was my, my decision in life. That was going to start with a change in my, my eating habits. Um, I was learning from social media. I was learning from all the different channels online that, you know, clean eating was a good thing to do. Um, clean eating was going to change, transform you and transform your life. Um, and that was the journey I went down. Um, but it became dark very quickly. Um, it became became something unmanageable, obsessional, um, irrational and dangerous um, within a few months um, and as a result I became very very ill and, and developed uh, orthorexia to start with which most people maybe have not heard before but that's a, an eating disorder where you are uh, I suppose totally totally consumed by the the provenance of your food the purity of your food what you know what's going into every dish that you're eating um, and making sure that there's nothing processed and nothing nothing unusual or abnormal 
Um, but then out of that, I started to see some, you know, things change in my body and, and, and my, my, my physical makeup that made me think I was doing good and made me think that, you know, by seeing numbers drop, drop you know i won't go into too much detail on that because mm. that can be a, a a thing where you know others might might compare themselves yes. to me and say well i'm not doing as good so but i could see things change i could see numbers drop and as a result i believed that that was me doing good um so that turned into anorexia then um and i became very ill in the, the middle of 2019 you, you you lost two thirds of your body mass. Uh, you became skeletal. You say this your, yourself. W- what you know was the point, or what happened to you know that you went then and sought help. Uh, the point was I couldn't I I, I, I couldn't live anymore. Um, I became suicidal, um, and that was as a result of just what I felt was complete confusion as to how I found myself in this position. Um, I'm a pretty logical guy. I'm a, I, I think I'm a pretty street smart guy. Maybe not so much academically, but certainly certainly in the world, I, I, I think I'm pretty smart. And I could not understand at all how I had found myself in this position where I couldn't physically operate operate each day, um, you know, but yet I was pushing my body beyond the limits of what it could do um, to the point where I was grinding it into the ground. Um, and that just caused so much turmoil and so, so much confusion in my head that I just didn't want to be around anymore. So, you know, suicide became something I was considering. Um, and when that happened, I then, I suppose, by by with a big kick up, kick up the bum from my partner <laughs> and from my family, um, I agreed to go into some treatment for it. Um, and then out of that, I suppose, began a process of, a process of recovery, um, which is still ongoing to today, um, but it took a lot of bravery and a lot of courage at the time. And I'm happy to say that, you know, some people might think that that's, you know, being a little bit egotistical or cocky to say that. But I, I understand now the bravery that anybody has to has to take on in order to face up to an eating disorder. An eating disorder becomes your best friend. You know, it's the only thing in the world you believe you can trust and control in a world where it feels like everything else is out of control. Um, and when someone challenges you to give up that eating disorder or to quieten that eating disorder, um, imagine I asked you today, Jerry, to, to give up your best friend. You wouldn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the bravery and courage that anybody facing up to, to treatment for an eating disorder uh, has, to, has to face, you know, is, is, um, is what I had to do at that time. It's an interesting comparison and analogy, may I say, and a very strong one indeed, as to what something like this can become as close to you or into you as as your best friend. You, you, you're quite honest about this. You continue with your therapy on a weekly basis. You uh, you take medication and that as well. But that's all part and uh, parcel of of the new you, of of the the, the you that is left behind uh, what you, you had to live with for so long. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't regret the, the, mm. the Owen that went before because the Owen that went before was living in the life that he knew at the time um, and living with the knowledge that he had the, at the time. I've been very, very lucky um, privileged in a way to be to have been able to take a bit of time and take a bit of space to, to figure out what was wrong. What did I need to rediscover in my life or what did I need to change in my life to, I suppose, find those new values, those values that were not you know, equating to uh, that standard model of life that I spoke about earlier. You know, it's it's now I find value and joy in different things in life um, and things that still, I believe, make me a, a good citizen, but don't necessarily equate to, you know, uh, matching up to 
my neighbours next door or keeping up with the Joneses, as they say. You know, I'm very much beginning to believe now that I can be my own person um, alongside my partner, but, you know, uh, not necessarily having to match up to what the media tell us or match up to mm. what, you know, previous generations have told us. The grass often looks greener, but actually if you just smell the coffee in your own domain at times, you do realise, don't you, own how lucky you are, how lucky we are ourselves in our, in our lives. Absolutely. And I think the, the, the other thing to bear in mind is that you know, not every day has to be good. Uh, yeah. Not every day has to feel, you know, we, we don't have to be um, superheroes every day. Um, you know, if we're feeling not so good on a day, that's okay too. Um, and, you know, so the grass doesn't always have to be as green as it was the day before, as they say. Um, you know, we, we, we can have days where sometimes, you know, I, some some days I still have to just pull the covers up over my head in bed and I, and I can't get out of bed for the day. I just say I cannot face the world. Okay, I'm you know I'm lucky in that maybe I, I you know I don't have some responsibilities which would have me getting out of bed every day you know rain hail or shine, but at the same time you know that, that it's relative for different people. So you know you, whatever it is that maybe protects you in a given day, make sure that you recognise that and you use that on the days when you're not feeling so good. When you were at that point where you sought help, I just want to come back to that for a second. Sure. Your partner, your family, did anyone ever? come to you and talk to you directly that was close to you? Um, not until I opened up about it. Okay. Um, when I when I became honest that I, I kind of felt maybe something was wrong, well then it, it kind of opened the doors for others to talk to me about it. I think if they had tried to talk to me in advance of that, they would have got a very negative response. Mm. Um, they may have gotten quite a, you know, up until then I was lying and denying anyway. Um, so, you know, any of the behaviours that I was engaging in, I was absolutely convincing everyone around me that they were good behaviours and that I was in control of them and nothing was wrong and, you know, life was fine. Um, when I finally opened up and admitted that, you know, maybe maybe there is something a little bit nefarious going on here. Maybe there is something a little bit, you know, a little bit darker going on. That then gave them the permission to talk to me and to, to open up a little bit about it. Um, and it is a difficult one, you know, because as I say, you, you if you do try and challenge someone um, who maybe you feel is, is maybe engaging in, you know, whatever behaviours, be it to do with alcohol, be it to do with drugs, uh, drink, gambling, uh, any of those things, you can be met with a lot of denial and a lot of defence immediately. Um, so my suggestion to people would be treat, treat it softly and treat it with a lot of care and comfort. Don't go in with a like a bull in a china shop or a bull, bull to a red rag. That won't solve the problem. It does need to be soft and gentle with a lot of care and comfort. And in a way, holding the person's hand and, and, and just helping them to find their way rather than trying to pull them through the thorns and, and out the other side, you know, and because the learning in all of these different mental illnesses, the learning comes from the individual themselves. It, it very, yeah. very rarely comes externally. It's fantastic advice because I'm sure the people listening to us today may be worried about somebody close to them. You know, that's why I wanted you to address that. Mm -hmm. And and, and even listening to your words there, I have a greater understanding and I'm sure listeners have too. You're out the other side, like with, you know, coping, you're doing well, as you say, you have your days or moments or whatever. Um, You're a water sports coach and you you, you teach people now um, and and you love the water and you love uh, kite surfing as well. So the water is is your domain. 
the water is very much my therapist, I would say, <laughs> um, or one of my therapists. Yeah. I, I have another fantastic, as I call her, my living angel, who I meet every week and we talk and, and, and go through all the things. But outside of that, yeah, my, my, my joy in life now comes on the water. I, I, as you said, I'm a water sports coach. I have a, a stand-up paddleboarding centre in Holt called Discover Sup, where I take people out on the water. And the mechanic is stand-up paddleboarding. The mechanic is teaching people how to stand on a board and balance and, you know, turn and that. But the real, I suppose, the under current in it all is is developing confidence, developing self-empowerment um, and helping people to, kind of like what I've done over the last few few years to find their way um, and to find something that they can feel good about. And so while we're out on the water and we're you know, coaching them through different skills, we're having conversations about this, that and everything. And mm. that's where some of the most wonderful, magical moments happen um, where, you know, you have someone who maybe felt like they couldn't get on the water, felt like they were a bit nervous about getting on the water. And then you bring them out, you teach them a couple of skills and within an hour, you're having a conversation about their favourite ice cream rather than them worrying about are they balancing on the board or not. Um, so it can be it can be magic out there and then as you mentioned yeah I do kite surf as well but kite surfing is I'm keeping that for myself I'm keeping that safe you know <laughs> for me I have not turned that into any sort of a money making operation or a you know a commercial enterprise at all because that's my precious one that's where I go out on a very windy day and I blow the cobwebs out and I find the flow of the water and uh, that gives me a chance to, to reset the brain you know you're a great fella, I have to say. DiscoverSup.ie if you want to check uh, Owen out. Look, between the documentary and you speaking uh, since, I'm sure you have helped so many and you've lifted the lid on something that was a taboo for so long, men and eating disorder. I wish you well and good luck to you and may uh, life bring you all the joys that lie ahead. Thanks very much, Jerry, and thanks for giving time for the space for this chat. Not at all. Owen Kernan, thanks a million for joining me on the show this afternoon. If you're 50 or over, I think you're going to be interested in my next guest because, you see, I have often heard this. People say, oh, I'm 50, uh, I'm, I'm washed up, I can't get work, I, I won't get back into the workplace ever. And, you know, a lot of people with COVID and that actually left work in their late 40s, early 50s and so on. Well... There's an opportunity here for you all now, and I'm delighted to welcome to the show from Bettystown in County Meath, Ken Lynn. Ken, you're welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. It's Pleasure great to have you with us. Um, tell us a bit about you, who you are and what you're involved with, your bit of your background. OK, so um, I began work, please don't hold this against me, in IBEC, the Irish Business Employers Confederation, where it was my job to ensure good people were paid as little as possible for the maximum amount of work. But what I want to tell you all out there is I've made up for it in the years since. <laughs> Good that's, on that's you, That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> and I have a, a business I'm usually proud of called uh, Beacon Training or the Beacon HRM Group. And there we deliver leadership training. We deliver the skills for people to manage and to behave really effectively in the workplace. And we do that through training, but also executive coaching. And it was through the executive coaching that this idea really started to come to its fruition. Now, I love this idea. Explain to our listeners today what Career Navigator or is uh, Career Navigator is all about. OK, can I tell you the, the, how it came yes. about? So um, my father was a workaholic. Uh, and he would go to work at, at, at six in the morning, come back at half nine at night, have a half day off on Sunday, and he'd take me swimming on that half day. I love my dad. But that workplace for him was everything, was how his brain developed. It was how he made himself happy. It was how he challenged himself. And then he retired. 
And I could see that this huge difference between the man pre-retirement and post-retirement was something significant, was something important. I really felt that a huge amount of experience hadn't just been lost from his use of it, but from other people to benefit from it. And then simultaneously, my sister, who is one of the most talented, uh, strong, credible individuals I've ever met, went out for work to raise her family. And during that time, as she decided to return to the workforce, I saw that she was lacking confidence and I couldn't understand why. Where had all that confidence, all that credibility, all that ability disappeared from? And I realised that between those two experiences within my family, there was something special that I could create and that was Career Navigator. Now, what's Career Navigator? Um, well, what Career Navigator is, is it's, a, it's an online mentoring platform, but it's different because it's all about someone's job role. Now, picture any job role, but for the moment, just picture you want to be a human resource manager. Some people are going, oh, God, I'd never want to be such a thing. But imagine you did. Yeah. How would you go about getting there? Well, on our site, you can find someone who has been a HR manager who can then say, tell you exactly how you can shape your current experience and the next steps to take so that you would be a credible applicant. They can also help you interview and then really powerful because people can suffer from imposter syndrome. They can actually help you do that job well, become successful. But interesting enough, that HR manager wants to be a HR director and that HR, that HR manager finds a HR director on our site who does exactly the same. In other words, what we're saying is that somebody who has a job role has immense experience. Think about it from, from this perspective, everyone. Do you remember the very first day you were on your job? I do. Yeah. Could, could you imagine if you could put yourself now on your shoulder to whisper key advice to you? Mm. That is a commodity. That is valuable. That's something that should be respected and treasured and, dare I say, commoditized. That there is something there. So what we're doing is we're literally inviting the world to mentor, as we're calling them, navigators. We're inviting everyone to go, I actually could guide someone who's just one step behind me in my career, or maybe two, get paid for the service. But also, if I am retired or I found myself being a, a carer or dealing with illness or dealing with a disability, that actually I can choose my hours, come onto this platform, present myself and guide people to make those important decisions. And then if my sister had had it or did it, uh, she would have stayed vital. She would have stayed connected, if that makes sense, mm. to her industry, to her sector. She would have stayed connected with key stakeholders for herself. That would have meant that as she then came to the phase in her life to return she was in a position to do it with confidence. Yes, and a much better position. So I see, if I could uh, use this analogy, upstream, downstream. So downstream, yeah. you are there for people who are looking to, you know, start out in careers, perhaps change careers, exactly. build on the career they have and go to a higher level or whatever. So that's you provide that resource. But on the other hand, you're looking for people, you're looking for mentors. Thousands of them. We need them for every role out there and every language. But listen... Airbnb, 
don't supply uh, accommodation. They provide a platform to fi- find accommodation. Mm. We don't supply mentors. We supply a platform for you to decide to be a mentor or as what we call a navigator. And then for people who want that experience to find you and reward you for your time and experience. So no matter the role, you'll find it on our site. As long as you actually go and put yourself up there to present that experience and and through it, I think you'll have a very special experience and be rewarded for it. That's the thing. So and and, and what I love about it is it's not uh, you know, you mentioned your dad and the hours he put in, yeah. or it's not nine to five, or it's not it's not like that. This is quite different. Correct. Correct. So you can work this to suit you. Yes. Yes, this is your famous gig uh, economy, as yeah. they call it. You can do this on the weekends. You can do this uh, uh, in the evening times. You can make this your career. Like an Uber driver makes it their career. This is your famous online platform for you to choose the hours you work. That's why it's so powerful, because what I'm describing when people retire, people don't really want to retire anymore. Mm. I think they want greater freedom. But what I think they would love to have is a career encore. And this is their career encore to leverage their years of experience with someone who's thirsty for that knowledge and then to take that forward and be rewarded for but choosing it in their own hours. That's interesting you say that because I think that is so true. You know, what is the ideal age to retire? Who knows? It's different for different people, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And and, and in truth, um, there is a, a gentleman called Professor Ian Robertson, who's a clinical psychologist and head of psychology in Trinity College Dublin. And he's done some incredible research on the impact of retirement on the human brain. And he suggests that what we need to have as we retire is we need to have uh, challenge, change and learning. Now, he makes a great assumption. He assumes we're getting that in our workplace. So uh, I'm not quite sure we're always, always getting that. Of course. But he says that the reason why we need challenge is that when we master something, uh, our brain releases a substance called dopamine. And that dopamine makes us feel satisfied. It makes us feel happy. It's an anti-depression drug that we literally need that as human beings. He says we need change in terms of novelty. And what he's talking about there is that this is about meeting new people, having new experiences. And through that, we release another drug called, uh, 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 I believe it's called uh, noradrenaline. That's the word, noradrenaline. Sorry, yeah. excuse me, everyone. And that's like a fertilizer to the brain. And it helps our prefrontal cortex, how we reason work properly. And then finally, you have learning. And they did amazing research on German medical students. And uh, yeah, I know. And it showed that pre their finals and post their finals, there was physical growth in the human brain as a result, obviously, particularly in the memory regions of the brain. But we need all three of these things not to simply be mentally happy, but actually be healthy. So if you just call an end or call a halt to work tomorrow, Hmm. suddenly you have all this, these challenges and stimulations, etc. And then the next day, you know, this is a a huge issue, isn't it? There were people just stop. And what do you do? Where do I go? What what is for me? Is life finished? That is a big thing, isn't it? A big challenge for people. So what you're saying is you're affording people here the opportunity to continue on in a manner, you know, with all this type of stuff with you as a mentor. Now, tell me this. Is this 
online or do you ever meet the people you mentor? No. It, it, one of the one of the, the, the advantages I can say that the pandemic gave mm. was people moved to having online meetings. Yes. So your mentor could be in England. They could. This be is in what Europe. I'm thinking. Yes. They could be in anywhere in the world. Yes. Uh, it really and truly it it it, it opens up. And when you book, um, for you you might be giving up your evening time, but for the mentee that's during the day. Mm. Because it literally is you, uh, you are offering your mentoring, your experience to the world. So if you're mentoring here in Ireland, if you become a mentor with you, mm-hmm. Ken, you could be dealing with anybody anywhere on this planet. Exactly. It's as simple as that. And for somebody using the service from the other side, uh, what did you call them? Ment- uh, mentees. Mentees. Yeah. That's a new word in me today. Let's ah. remember that for countdown when I'm <laughs> jumbling the nine uh, letters around. Um, for, for, for mentees, uh, they then engage as well wherever you may be exactly. with your mentor wherever they are exactly so people are asking me the questions are coming in how do they find out more about this well uh, it's it's simple go go to the website and the our marketing people did something funny with our name excuse me but it is a uh, career c a o r e o r but navigator is spelled slightly different it's n a v i g the number 8 or Com. Okay. So it's careernavigator.com, but remember the eight rather than the yes. the, the normal end to, to, to navigate. Yeah, all the information is in there. How's it going for you? What's the, what's the reaction to this? It has been amazing. It truly has. Uh, and as, as we are having hundreds sign up, but the thing about it is, is we need thousands because we want someone when they arrive on the site and they have a particular job, they want to be a DJ. Hello, Jerry. <laughs> that they find Jerry on the site. Because yes. if they don't, they may not come back. Mm. So right now what we're asking is, do you do you want to be a navigator? Do you want to be a, a, a mentor? Or what? how about this for an amazing compliment to somebody? You go to someone, you go, do you know something, dad? Or do you know something, mom? When you did that job, you were brilliant at it. I came across this thing called careernavigator.com. Why don't you sign up? I think that would be an amazing thing for you to offer that experience. I think that's a wonderful compliment to give somebody. Be they your father, your uncle, your aunt, your best friend. It's a wonderful compliment. So who do you know that would make a fantastic navigator if it's not you? And, you know, all the years, folks, you have, all the experience you have under your wing and to think that that resource is there and you could be imparting it on somebody else and helping somebody else along up the ladder and at the same time being remunerated for it as well. Fantastic. Mention it once more, Ken. Careernavigator.com With the number eight. It's been a real pleasure meeting you today on the show. I wish you well with this. I think it's fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Ken, thanks for joining me on the show. Ken Glenn. Thank you. John Conlon was with us yesterday on the show talking about the bird nesting in the engine of his car and he sent us in a picture today. He got a, he peeked in and he got a picture of them. Oh, they're well feathered, the, the uh, young uh, birds, the young pied wagtails. Looking good, John. Thanks indeed for sending that in to us. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... 
And number two from this very week in 1987, and it's one of our own, believe it or not, on the UK charts. When I tell you that the song is a Eurovision winner, garnering 172 points and finishing first in a field of 22, tell you that the song was voted the third best song ever in Eurovision history. Yes, it was. And much later in 2007, it featured in an advertising campaign for Big Mac McDonald's. Yes, it could only be one man, Mr. Eurovision himself, Mr. Johnny Logan, and Hold Me Now. So tonight, let's fill this memory for the last time. Forever in love What do you say when words are not enough? Number two on the UK Top 100 This week in 1987 Mr Johnny Logan and Hold Me Now When Eurovision songs were Eurovision songs And I won't even go down that road today And Congratulations and celebrations when I tell everyone that you're in love with me. Well, Adele Dogdale, congratulations to you. Thanks very much, Jerry. <laughs> What a lovely well, intro. Oh, well, so we had to do it. She's just <laughs> newly married. When was the big day? Uh, we're a week married. Too. Ah, good yeah. on you. Congratulations yeah. to yourself and Ian, the lucky man. There you go. <laughs> Only a he's week. Been called, he's been called a lot worse anyway. He's the patient of the same God love <laughs> Sure, all men have to have that patience. So don't worry, he's not alone there. We know, okay, we, we, okay. We, we, know, we know the crack. Anyway, thank you for joining me today ahead of this big, big gig coming up in Trim on Friday week to support the humanitarian aid convoys that you've been on. How many have you been over with? Uh, three, so we're going on our fourth one now at the end of the summer. Good on you. And just tell listeners, what have you delivered in terms of aid? Um, so far, I think we've delivered 24 four by 4 jeeps, three ambulances, one van, and each of those vehicles then have been full to the brim of medical supplies and um goods that the Ukrainians need on the front line. Mm. And, and and just give us a feel for you. You leave uh, from where in Ireland and watch your route roughly over? Yeah, so obviously we leave from Trim with a convoy. We head down then to get the ferry over then from uh, Wexford and we make our way to France and then from France then all the way down Germany into the Netherlands and we make our way down into Poland and onto the border then from there into Ukraine. Mm, it's a it's a hell of a trek. How long does it take? How many how many hours or whatever? Uh, about from? four days in all. Does it? Um, yeah. Like you're stopping, maybe we try and do it every three three and a half hours is the longest somebody is driving, mm. and then we have a co-driver. We'll stop for coffee, quick snack, and change over drivers. Give the somebody a rest, and then we're constantly driving. Then we get to our location, a B and B or a hostel or something. We bed down maybe for a couple of hours, and we're off again then because yeah. we're trying to get on before major traffic hits the yes. uh, the motorways and that kind of stuff because we are such a big convoy at every one time. Mm. And uh, it's uh, badly needed and greatly appreciated. You've seen that yourself on the front line. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like, and even after 
year of violence and destruction that the Ukrainians have seen over there, like their resilience is something that um, they should be very proud of. I mean, they've nothing has given up for them. And now, especially with the dam bursting as well, this is another catastrophe that they could really do without. And obviously they still need our support more than ever now. Yes, they do. And, uh, you know, no end in sight either. And we have to t- say uh, Poland and the com- countries on the periphery have, have played a wonderful part as well in uh, yeah. all they've taken in and, and what they've tried to do for people fleeing that awful war over there. And what we have to acknowledge as well, when you talk about this, four ambulances, a van, 24 4x4 jeeps, all packed to the roof with, with aid as well. Here in Ireland and in the Trim area, the support is unbelievable, isn't it? Oh yeah, like we like to be fair, like like I'm a community guard in Trim, and over the last fifteen years, and anything I've ever looked for from the community, and especially in this area, we've had such a huge response from. But in terms of this, like we solely do rely on the generosity of the communities. There, there's people on this these trips, area that come from the west, south, north, and east of Ireland, so we all come together. So mm. each of their own communities have been continuing to yes. support us. Like they've helped us with funding, equipment, support, which allows us you know, in turn then to give back to the people of Ukraine from the people of Ireland to show them that they're not alone and that we do stand with them as they fight the unthinkable fight. And this big gig that's coming up, Big Generator and Kevin Fagan, supported by the Sandmen, it's happening on the 16th of June. That's Friday week. It all begins at half five in the evening and runs on to late at night and into the early hours. And it's happening at Finnegan's Way there, the car park beside the Stockhouse restaurant, a real landmark. Yeah, so um, it's going to be a great event to kick off the summer in fashion. Um, you know, the tickets are 19 euro, which I think is exceptionally good value for a gig with the Sandmen, Kevin Fagan and the Big Generator playing and a DJ. There's also a barbecue, fully licensed bar. So if anybody wishes to come down, they can either get the tickets from the Stockhouse themselves or on ticketstop.ie. And again, they're only 19 euro, the tickets. Yeah, and the, all monies are going to fill those next trips to uh, supply, you know, people in great yeah. need in war. And every penny is going towards that, Adele. Yeah, like we take nothing. All the mm. monies received for the event go towards our next trip. So it, gets, it allows us that to either buy the 4 by 4 Jeeps, get them in working order so that not only do we get them over there, that the Ukrainians can you know, use them when they get over there and they're not going to let let them down. You know, we do, we pay for our own, this is all done in our own time, like we fund our own flight back, we pay for our own accommodation, not that we see much of it, but, um, and our own fuel for the Jeeps and the food. So like everything else goes solely on the items that are needed on the 4x4 Jeeps to get to Ukraine. Poor Ian, will he be pining for you or will you be pining (laughs) for him when you head off on the next one? Oh, he's so well used to me now at this stage. That's what I said. He is the patience of the saint because <laughs> I just literally come home off a spree and just say, yeah, Mick Hughes has said he wants to go on another trip and I'm going and that's it. And I just go. And he just goes, okay, Mick has asked then you're probably going to go. So that's it. But yeah, like our whole house has been taken over with medical equipment in the build up to the, mm. going on these trips. But we don't mind and he's so good because he knows why we're doing it and, and who we're doing it first. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's another early marriage message. Start as you mean to go on. That's a very yeah. important one as well like, for anybody. Yeah, and like we, we only said it the other day, like we said like, oh gosh, we're so lucky that, you know, yeah. okay, COVID didn't allow us to get married for a couple of years but yes. it wasn't overly the end of the world but mm. when you think to the people of Ukraine now and the men, women and children, like their time has been taken for them. They don't have time to enjoy big celebrations like that or they their don't. family and friends or mm. time to learn and grow up like they 
time to li- time to live they deserve and they're not getting it at the moment yeah well look uh, you're great Adele good luck to you again mentioning Thanks, it Gary. the big gig on the 16th of June Friday week 5.30 tickets available from the Stockhouse itself or ticketstop.ie wish you well Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. And Bernie Boyne, you are the winner of the pair of tickets for that big gig. Thank you indeed to everybody who got in touch with us for those tickets. That's it on late lunch this Thursday afternoon. One to go tomorrow, Friday from 1.30. Do join us then. But Eddie Caffrey's on his way now with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Wonderful music, information, and more besides. Do stay with us and we'll see you for Friday's show. Yes, half one is the time. See you then. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.